it's not been long since I finished off my Christmas cake. And in a sense, um, the role of church warden seems to be, well, like, if I explain sort of the, my favourite part is the icing on top. Okay. And, and I, I think of that as the, um, the part that the vicar plays in the church. And then we have the marzipan. And I think you know, the staff team are around smaller amounts, slightly more than the icing on top in terms of amount, quantities, and then you've got the uh, marzipan, which I, as I say, I believe to be three or four people in the staff team. Then, with my cake, I always put on apricot jam. Okay. To help the marzipan sit well on and, and bond to the cake. And that, for me, is the role of the church warden. Okay, and the cake in this and analogy is... the cake is... underneath is all the church family. I see. So I am, if you like, as one of the wardens, the link between the uh, main body of the church and then the, the best bit, which I think is the icing, <laughs> for me, the icing and the marzipan. So without the, the jam, you will find your icing and the marzipan just slide off. Okay, so we, I think we're crucial. Barbara Beat, the church warden of Castle Church in Stafford. She's been church warden there for 13 years, explaining how her role is to be the apricot jam in the church. In this episode of the Church Society podcast, we're going to be talking to a number of people who are or have been church wardens in different kinds of churches in different sorts of situations. Every church in the Church of England has to have two church wardens and they have uh, an important legal role. But as Barbara said, they can also end up doing all kinds of things and being that link between the church family and the church leadership. As we're approaching the the time of year where churches annually elect their church wardens and also members of the PCC and other representatives at the, uh, well, I was going to say at the APCM, but in fact, the church wardens are always elected at a separate meeting, which I believe is called the vestry meeting. I don't know if you've ever been to a church APCM, but there's always a little meeting beforehand. It's always in exactly the same place with exactly the same people there. But it is a separate meeting. And the business of that meeting is simply to elect church wardens. And then we have the separate meeting, which is the APCM, which goes on to all the other uh, business there. But as I say, it is coming to the time of year where churches will be doing that. And so I wanted us to uh, spend this episode of the podcast thinking about that really important role of the church warden, what it is that they do, how that role varies in different kinds of churches, and what is uh, particularly significant about that role during the time of an interregnum and the appointing of a new incumbent to a church. So I've uh, been speaking to Barbara Boot, as I say, who's church warden at Castle Church, a reasonably small uh, Anglican Church on the edge of Stafford. I've also uh, got input uh, from Jeremy Anderson, who is one of the church wardens at St Helens in Bishopsgate, obviously a very much larger church with a different sort of setup in terms of church staff and church uh, membership and the role of the church warden there uh, looks somewhat different, although it uh, still has much in common uh, from a legal point of view with the role of church warden everywhere else. And then also Michael Moore, who is uh, church warden of St Paul's in Banbury, uh, a church in Oxfordshire, uh, has shared his thoughts on that. So I'm just going to uh, 
combine uh, the different uh, experiences of those church wardens together to give us a picture of what a church warden is, why they're important and what they do. Not everybody, you'll be surprised to hear, thinks of their role in terms of cake and jam. Hello, I'm Jeremy Anderson. I'm a church warden at St Helen Bishopsgate, a largest church in the City of London. Being a larger church, I find that my duties as a warden are slightly different to friends who are in smaller churches, perhaps less of the mundane tasks and more complexity in dealing with a larger staff team. But nevertheless, I think many of the core priorities are exactly the same wherever we are wardens. I've always seen the first duty of a warden as being guarding the pulpit. We live in an age where an increasingly secular society makes it more challenging to preach the gospel day in, day out with faithfulness and complete truth. Yet we know that it's God's word that does the work. It calls people to repent and believe. It helps people to live lives to the glory of God. It sustains people in running the race of the Christian faith to the very end. So I feel the most important thing that we can do is to help the ministers and all those responsible for teaching in our church to be courageous, to be faithful and to make sure that we guard the gospel and that the word of God is at the centre of everything we do and that we teach it completely and faithfully. Not always easy, but that's where I think wardens can be a tremendous encouragement to ministers and other staff. Very helpful reminder from Jeremy that although there is quite a lot of what a church warden does that is to do with things that seem more mundane with buildings and finance and so on, their primary responsibility is a spiritual one, as he says, to guard the pulpit, to encourage and support the minister in a church to preach the gospel faithfully in season and out of season. And that sometimes will be, as Barbara uh, hinted at helping the congregation to value that ministry as well and supporting the vicar in his gospel work, even if that isn't always what people with itching ears in the congregation want to hear. Mike Moore uh, says something very similar, that one of the most important uh, tasks of the church warden is prayer and encouragement for the minister. Often he's found it useful to be a sounding board in tricky situations, supporting the faithful proclamation of the word. And for him, that's also often involved pastoral care in the congregation, especially over controversial issues. And I think that's right. Very often people in churches won't necessarily feel that they can go and speak to the uh, incumbent directly if there's something that they're struggling with or disagreeing with or finding um, tricky. But a church warden can seem more approachable. A church warden is one of the congregation and therefore maybe a useful uh, sort of mediator or middleman uh, when controversial things have to be dealt with. Uh, they can get soundings from the congregation. They can uh, be a listening ear to people in the congregation, but also uh, be there to support and encourage and defend uh, the minister in their proclamation of the gospel. So that's all very well and good in theory, but I wanted to know a bit more about what that actually means in practice. It tends to be um, 
if you like, more reactive than proactive in many respects because you're working on a day-to-day basis and no two days are the same, no two weeks are the same, no two months are the same in the church here. All sorts of things can happen from vandalism in the church uh, to dealing with people wanting information about churchyard gravestones or ashes plot, um, from uh, the vicar having uh, needing your ear <laughs> and um, for obviously problems through the congregation, the buildings themselves, dealing with the diocese. It's very varied and that's the part I really like. I like not knowing what the next day brings. I, I much prefer to Obviously, there is some proactive work, but on the whole, I feel it's um, what the next day brings. As Barbara says, there is a certain amount of dealing with the diocese that has to happen. Uh, Mike points out that in one sense, uh, church warden's role is to represent the bishop, not just to represent the congregation or the uh, incumbent of your church, but to represent the bishop by ensuring that the proceedings of the church and the building are effectively run for the glory of the Lord Jesus. Generally, this will mean supporting the minister in his role, but it will also mean, particularly, I guess, for those in smaller churches where there aren't, you know, staff teams full of uh, caretakers and secretaries and people like that, doing quite a lot of paperwork, quite a lot of admin, dealing with things like uh, getting faculties for building work, getting uh, quotes, getting uh, repairs done, all sorts of uh, practical day-to-day things, as Barbara says, often reactive, often uh, dealing with situations as they arise, things within the congregation, uh, things that the the PCC make decisions on, uh, things as buildings just uh, naturally need uh, work doing and so on. So there is quite a lot of uh, practical uh, administrative work. I remember once in my previous job um, going to meet a vicar who was you know, wanting to get um, a website set up for his church and a social media policy. And so that's what I was there to talk to him about. But as we were talking, he was saying that one of the struggles he had in his parish was getting suitable church wardens. And, and I sort of asked him why. And he said, well, you know, we're in a small congregation, but also he was living in a an inner city, very urban area with low levels of literacy and um, low levels of employment. And he says, you know, I've got a man who's willing to do it and he's very sweet, but he is semi-literate. And so in practice, what that meant was that the vicar ended up having to do most of what the church would and should have been doing, simply because he wasn't really competent uh, to do that work. And I know that in a number of parishes, finding people with the suitable skills to act as a church warden is not straightforward. Um, Being able to be an effective committee member, being able to project manage, being able to understand financial decisions, being able to make good decisions about uh, buildings and so on, isn't something that every church can take for granted. But nonetheless, the priority for a church warden is Uh, spiritual rather than practical. So one of the things Mike points out is that the most important qualification for a church warden, he says it sounds obvious, but primarily that they should be a faithful and humble follower of Christ Jesus, a Christian. Sadly, he says he's seen very worthy, very dutiful people in the role who are not converted. So you do need to be willing to serve the Lord and his appointed representatives and stand up for the truth in doing so. And so 
back to Jeremy, as he points out, uh, one of the ways that a church warden needs to support their minister is in setting priorities for their ministry that will be uh, a ministry uh, of the word that will serve the gospel best. Leadership is always lonely and effective ministers need good sounding boards and people will be really supportive in public but are happy to be critical friends in private. In particular, I think that ministers get pulled in all sorts of directions and they need somebody to help them prioritise and particularly to set aside time for a ministry of word and prayer. It's easy to think that we are doing the Lord's work when we're busy and visiting the sick or leading meetings, but we need ministers to have personal time to study the word for themselves so they can teach it well, whether it's in the pulpit or in small groups, and also for their own times of study and personal prayer. Protecting them to focus on priorities, set aside time for personal study and prayer, and make sure they have good time off to keep fresh. I think these are all great things for wardens to do. I think perhaps if you're the sort of person who wonders what on earth does a vicar do all week, and surely they only work one day in seven, you may not be ideally suited to being a church warden. As Jeremy says, one of his roles is to help the minister prioritise uh, what he should be doing with his week, and in particular to prioritise that ministry of word and prayer and sacrament. Busyness can look great from the outside, but is not necessarily God's priority in building the kingdom. And I think one of the the roles of a, a really good church warden will be to help the minister guard their time, to guard their time in their study, to guard their time in their own devotional life. What we most need from our church leaders is for them to be spiritually healthy, for them to be walking with the Lord humbly and joyfully serving him, for them to be deeply in the word as they prepare to teach it to others and to teach it indeed to themselves and put it into practice in their own lives first. There will always be a hundred other things that a vicar can fill his diary with and it's he will often need his church warden to be able to say to him, no, you don't have to do that. Maybe somebody else can do it. Maybe it doesn't need to be done at all. What we need you to do are the things that only you can do uh, in leading the church faithfully and godly through the ministry uh, of the word and sacrament. It's important too that the church wardens themselves are guarding their spiritual life They are part of the church leadership team and we need them to be godly, faithful Christians. As Barbara explains, often that won't just be to do with the kind of decision that they're making, but their manner as they represent uh, the church and therefore the gospel to those outside. The focus is on our Lord Jesus Christ and uh, the salvation that he brings and um, inevitably when there are problems this has to come to the fore whether you're dealing with people in the congregation or whether you're dealing with people outside the church altogether that it has to be done in the most humble way possible and with a large amount of grace Mm -hmm. and um, similarly with the PCC meetings we're very much um, 
bringing, hopefully, that ele those elements to that meeting, which can be very difficult sometimes because there's lots of things that you have to deal with and think about as a church altogether. And we have to be able to um, represent that church family, but also help the vicar with the work that he clearly has been called to do. Another key area is to pray and strive for unity in the gospel within the leadership of the church, and especially amongst PCCs. I've seen it being a real challenge for the church to keep outward looking and mission focused if the PCC is not united in the gospel. And in these times we're moving into of having to contend more and more, helping ensure that the PCC is grounded in the gospel, well-educated on some of the pressures we'll face and ready to stand together, I think is an essential platform for effective outward-looking ministry. It may not be the role of a church warden to chair the PCC. It may not be the role of a church warden to teach and educate the PCC. But I think, as Jeremy says there, it is very important uh, that church wardens recognise what their PCC need from them in terms of prayer, as he mentioned, particularly prayer for unity, having a PCC and a church uh, leadership, including the staff and the clergy that can work together with a single goal in mind, the glory of Christ uh, and the growth of the kingdom makes all the difference. But also to recognise that PCCs do sometimes have to make really quite difficult decisions, not just practical decisions. Uh, PCCs, for example, that are deciding whether or not to pass a resolution on women bishops. Well, that's quite a complicated biblical and theological discussion that needs to be had. And it may be that that's the place of a church warden to go to the vicar and say, look, we have this responsibility and we want to take it very seriously. Can you help us to understand the issues better? Or could you get somebody in uh, to teach us and help us to understand uh, the issues better? I've certainly uh, spoken at one or two evenings for different PCCs where they were wrestling with that question. And the vicar had asked me to come along and just explain from my perspective as a woman what some of those issues were as well. So I think that sort of being um, the, the mediator between a, a congregation and the clergy, but also being that person on the PCC who can say, I think we need this. I think we need to, to consider this issue in a different sort of way. I think we need more help. We certainly need more prayer can be the role of a church warden to take the lead in that. One of the most important and perhaps difficult times for any church warden is when the vicar announces that he's leaving. In that gap between uh, a vicar leaving and a new one being appointed, the gap is called an interregnum, which I always think makes it sound like it's the king has died and, you know, long live the king. But anyway, the gap between two vicars, it is the church wardens who bear responsibility for the church during that time. They bear responsibility for ensuring uh, that there's somebody to preach and lead at services and preside at communion uh, during the interregnum. But they will also usually be very involved in the process of appointing the new minister. 
Hopefully, the outgoing incumbent will have done uh, some preparation work. We encourage uh, all churches uh, to be always just alert uh, to what will happen next. You never know. You may be hoping and and in God's will, your vicar may be there for the next 20 years, but you never know uh, what might happen and when you might suddenly and unexpectedly be in a position to be looking for a new minister. There are a number of things you can do to prepare for that situation. Um, please do, if you're on a PCC, if you are a church warden, if you are a vicar, there's a free booklet uh, on the Church Society website called Looking for a Vicar, which begins with advice on what you can do to prepare way in advance of your vicar ever deciding to leave. Um, so, as I say, there are things that you can be prepared for. But during that time of interregnum, it is the church wardens who will take responsibility for leading the church and seeing it through and appointing uh, very often the church wardens will be the parish reps, not always necessarily, but very often they will be involved in that process of appointing the new minister. So Mike mentions the time uh, when he was church warden during an interregnum as both the hardest and the most joyful time of being a church warden. Hard because he feels uh, hard when you feel that others are looking to you for guidance, but great joy when you're pulling together as the body of Christ. And then we come on to perhaps the most fundamental time for a church warden is when there's a change of minister and there's an interregnum. This is when wardens have a real chance to make sure that the right minister is installed for the future. The church leader sets the tone for so much what goes on that it's critical to get the best person possible for the role. Getting the parish profile done well in advance and make it very specific is absolutely critical. Then it's critical to get the right parish representatives. These are the people who will be the voice of the parish with other stakeholders such as bishops and patrons and will also be the people who are helping lead on the interviews. And then it's critical that the parish representatives know their rights and their responsibilities. Often this will be the first time they've done it in their lives and yet they have much greater powers than they sometimes think to ensure that the person that the parish wants to get appointed does get appointed. So if you're in this position, can I encourage you to take it very seriously, to pray hard and to talk to other people who've been through the process before to see what they've encountered and to understand just what the role and the authority is. Really great advice there. And in particular, I want to echo that last point. Do talk to people who've been through the process before. You may not know quite who to contact. And if you're in that position or if you're in that position uh, anytime soon, do feel free to get in, in touch with the church society offices and we may well be able to put you in touch with church wardens or parish reps from similar churches to your own who can talk you through how the process went, uh, what your rights and responsibilities are, how you negotiate with the diocese, how you negotiate with the patrons, and so on. And as I say again, do don't download our leaflet, uh, which does talk you through a lot of that process uh, and help you to understand the different steps that have to be taken and who's involved at each stage.
finally, I asked all three of the church wardens I was speaking to whether they would recommend uh, people stand for church warden, what sort of person would be suited to the job and what some of the challenges are as they do it. I was interested uh, when I asked Barbara that she began with some of the personal uh, challenges that she finds uh, in the role. But obviously, she be, she went on to talk about some of the uh, aspects of the job itself as well. I am no different than anybody else. I'm not anybody special. Um, I've got the time to do the job, and I think that's, that's largely a great help. Um, and I think it's a definite challenge to remain, to, to keep some humility. I mean, inevitably, we're all human. And it's very difficult not to think, oh, well, that's a problem sorted. You know? Yes. Um, or I know how we should do this. Absolutely. I, yes. Well, yes, yes. And I do tend to have, I am a, an ideas person. I like to think of things. I don't always want to have to do it, but I like to think of the ideas that probably we should try. So I think I have to keep a check on me. Um, that's the main problem. I think other problems just are trying to deal with people who are viewing things from a secular point of view, like workmen or um, people who are not members of the church but deem the church to be there for them. So the, there are other things like that, but and obviously practical things. You know, it doesn't help when the heating goes off. It doesn't help if there's been vandalism or a burglary or the electrics. And it's just trying to keep an even keel. I don't get panicked easily, and I think that helps. But, but yes, it's a, it's a fantastic job, actually. I think we all need to do our best to make sure that we are role models for the church family, not just in the way that we serve, but also in the way that we take Bible study, prayer, fellowship and evangelism seriously in our own personal lives. Well, I think they've got to have, uh, to be godly people. Um, you, you've got to know your position with regard to your faith. And you've got to be accepted by the people with that in mind and also you've got to work well with your staff team um, you don't want to, to be have someone who's going to be antagonistic or difficult also you need practical time you've got to have the space to make the phone calls there's an awful lot done on the phone can be done on the phone you don't have to be a miracle worker at computers but you do need to be able to talk to people. And I think that's one of the main things. It's no use being shy and retiring. You've got to be able to say what you feel, um, what you feel you have to say, whatever the situation might be. So there we go. I don't think being a church warden is for everybody. Um, I do think it is different in different churches. The kind of things that, that Barbara is spending some of her week doing are very different from those that, that Jeremy is involved with. And I guess different again, uh, with Mike. But it's been really great to hear all three of them uh, emphasising the importance of personal godliness as a church warden, of being a role model and an example to the rest of the congregation, of uh, giving great priority to supporting uh, the work of the minister and the church staff team, of helping uh, the PCC and the congregation to understand some of the decisions that are made and uh, how they can better support the ministry of the whole church. I want to just finish with uh, a final comment uh, from Mike, who says that it is a great privilege and a wonderful encouragement to serve the body of Christ in your local community, but it is very much as a part of one body. That'll mean being willing to say no to some good ideas and keeping the main thing, the main thing. Jesus Christ is everything. 
Huge thanks to Barbara, to Jeremy and Mike for being willing to talk to me and to be part of this podcast. I hope that's been a, an interesting uh, insight into the work and the world of the church warden. Do please share the episode with the church wardens at your own church or anyone who might be thinking of becoming a church warden, uh, maybe at the uh, forthcoming church meeting. Next week, I'll be talking to the director of church society, Lee Gatiss. We'll be hearing updates on plans for the uh, AGM and Church Society Conference in May and hearing a little bit more news about how, how things are progressing in the merger with Reform and the Fellowship of Word and Spirit. Do tune in again next week. <laughs>